At my first parish, there was a statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She was carved out of a huge piece of stone, maybe seven foot tall, and the artist purposefully made her indistinct. Her face and her features were bland, as was the infant Jesus in her arms, and the purpose was supposed to be that it was so indistinct that anybody looking at her could imagine that she looked as, as they pleased. Perhaps they could relate to her better that way, all things to all people. In reality, what ended up happening was people hated the statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary. They hated it so much that brides would bring their own statues to their weddings to bring the flower over to her. And she got the nickname, the Stave Puffed Marshmallow Mary. It may be a good museum piece, or it might have worked outside in a garden, but for liturgy, it was terrible. For a while, I've been looking for a statue of St. Sebastian to go in our school building. There is no depiction of our patron saint in the school, and I, and I thought, I'll find a statue for the 90th anniversary of the school, which happens a year after the parish will celebrate her 90th anniversary. And this piece over here is the result. It's obviously a statue of St. Sebastian, and a very specific person is being represented. It was hand-carved somewhere in France in the French Gothic style sometime in the 1800s. And whether you happen to like this particular statue of St. Sebastian or not, it's difficult to just blow off. Almost everybody has, who has looked at it is first struck by it and they go, oh my, wow. Then looking at the arrow say, wow, that must have hurt. It spent the last while uh, in our dining room over in the rectory getting ready to be presented to you. And last Friday night, there were several priests over for dinner. St. Francis de Sales, St. Paul, and St. Sebastian all have our feast day about the same time. And so we go to, uh, every year one of us has a dinner in the rectory to mark the feast. And this year was St. Sebastian's turn. And the statue was in the dining room. And as each of the priests walked into the dining room, they would be struck, whoa! Look at this! And that this statue would spark a conversation about the life of St. Sebastian or about faith. The point is one doesn't take this statue lightly. Instead of being led into a discussion of whether I like it or not, you are first confronted with a very real notion that St. Sebastian was a man who lived and who lived his Christian faith. And it led to this. Wow, that's pretty profound. Faith can lead to this, and it still does in the world today. Maybe not in Akron, Ohio, but it certainly does. Would I be willing to face this for my faith? Am I strong enough? I think this is a character of good liturgical art. Its first calling is to point us away from itself to a greater truth, 
to capture the imagination and hopefully inspire. And then later, we can have a discussion about, do I like this particular piece or not? Over these past nine celebrations of the Feast of St. Sebastian that I've had with you, I've grown really to like our patron saint, to get to know him. I think I have a man crush on him because he embodies so much of what I want to be as a man and as a Catholic. As I contemplated the statue that's been in our dining room, I thought of a couple of the highlights of his life and how much I would like to be like him. Could I? I don't know. I like to think so. So I ask him to pray for me that maybe I can follow his example. Remember that during his life, being found out a Christian could lead to a possible death sentence. As a young man, he lived in the countryside where the persecution didn't really reach. And he could have lived a good Catholic life out in the boonies. And most of us would have said, that's using your noggin. You're being pretty wise. But he chose to go to Rome where the persecution was at its hottest. And he even joined the Roman army to help Christians as best he could. In our day, how often are Catholics struck mute? How often am I struck mute? when confronted with someone who's opposed to church teaching. Sexuality and marriage, the Pope and health care, we stand quiet because we don't want to offend anybody or look bad or make somebody angry. A few months ago, Father Jacob Bear, a newly ordained priest, gave a talk at Theology on the Rocks speaking about gender, and he knew the topic was going to be touchy. And even as he was speaking, and I'm sitting on my stool listening to him, I'm cringing a little bit, thinking, ooh, someone's going to be angry at that. A stupid thing to think, especially when we were in such a Catholic setting. But he spoke, and boldly, and well, and I was jealous. He did what we are all called to do, what St. Sebastian was called to do, speak truth without blame or judgment. You know, people were walking out of that particular session in tears. We needed to hear this. And Father Bear had the bravery, like St. Sebastian, to jump into that most dangerous pool. Of course, Sebastian was eventually found out and arrested by his own men and sentenced to, be de uh, to death by having his own regiment shoot him with arrows. And it would have been easy for him to be angry and bitter. If someone cuts in line in the confessional, you should hear the anguish. It's not fair. This is unchristian. Banish them from the confessional for six months. All right? Okay, that one was a little bit of a, uh, an exaggeration. But was Sebastian angry? Maybe. Why wouldn't he be? Why not be bitter? Why not ask God to strike those heathens to the ground? Why should they even be allowed to exist? It's not an uncommon question of people in distress, but it is ultimately self-defeating. He seems like Christ to accept his fate, his cross. And this is what we are all called to do, to accept our cross voluntarily, even very heavy, intense and painful crosses, because if we don't, 
we begin to act in this very terrible manner, which just makes everything worse. And what's the point of that? If things are bad, why make them worse for yourself? If we accept our cross voluntarily, no matter how intense it is, we don't become bitter and resentful, which leads to anger and vengeance, which is ultimately self-destructive to ourselves and can be anywhere from a mere pain to others to destructive. If St. Sebastian had gone off the deep end, would we be celebrating him today? Would we try to emulate him? Would he be a saint? You know, there's a lot of people involved with this story. Who else do you know? Maybe St. Irene, the person who found him and nursed him back to life, who's pictured in the painting that's over here. If this life is the type worth living, what does that say about the way we should confront our distress? And finally, for today anyway, as you know, Sebastian didn't die from the wounds of these arrows. He was found by St. Irene and nursed back to health. And what did he do? Does he change his life completely? Does he avoid persecution? Does he hide better? No, he goes out and confronts the emperor about the persecution of Christians, which we see on the painting on this side, which was a gift to the parish by Father Pfeiffer. Can you imagine living in such a way that if you were given a second chance to do it all over again, you wouldn't change it? Maybe some of the details you would change, but you would live the same life. I would live my life over again in a heartbeat. There are details that I definitely would change. I remember once in high school, there was a girl, uh, and, and she gave me the, the, the come hither finger, and I came over, and she started leaning over. And I thought, oh, she's going to kiss me. So I kissed her, and she jumped back and said, I wanted to whisper in your ear, jerk. And I, that haunted me for years, you know. That I would change. But having instances in your life that you would do differently is a far cry from saying, I would do everything different. Wouldn't we rather say, I lived well and I would do it again. I would be a priest again. I would marry you again. I would make the same sacrifices. I would live my life again. With our lives, we are creating statues. What kind of statue are you creating? One that is torn down in the public square? One that is indistinct or confusing? One that is just simply nice. Isn't that nice? Or one more like our patron that makes people stop and think, wow, I hope I can be like that.